Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You see, in the new White House, there's going to be order. In the new White House, everything's going to be transparent. No one's going to lie to you anymore. Everything's going to be good. Good, I tell you. Nice and easy and simple. And part of the reason that's going to be is because reporters are going to submit their questions ahead of time before we answer them. This is the story. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, you got Tony. 833-468-8669. Here's the story. According to Amber Athey, she used to be with Daily Caller. She's now a spectator. She's saying that the Trump administration clearly never asked me for questions in advance, and I suspect there would have been universal outrage from reporters if they had done so. So the report says that the White House comms team is attempting to screen questions for Jen Psaki, who's the White House press secretary, in advance of the briefings. And I loved how they... uh, (laughs) This was the Fox News report. They reached out to somebody. They went to a a guy by the name of Jeffrey McCall, who is a professor and media critic. Uh, He's at DePaul University. And this is what he says. The White House press office needs to balance this matter carefully. It does make sense on one level for the press secretary to be prepared in advance to best respond to topics on reporters' minds. On the other hand, gathering questions in advance could well appear to veteran reporters that press secretary Saki is pre-screening questions or pre-preparing spin. Every briefing is a risk situation for the White House, and Saki should indeed want to be responsive and prepared for reporter questions. The key here, it seems, is whether this process is being used to stage the briefings or simply to prepare for them. With all due respect, Mr. McCall, this is an insane answer. The answer is the White House press secretary shows up ready to answer questions, answers them to the best of their ability, and when they can't, they get the answers. Now, it is kind of funny that Jen Psaki would always say, well, I'll have to circle back, I'll have to circle back. She circled back on a lot of things, and many of those things she should have had answers on. And she, even yesterday, came to the press uh, briefing and said, listen, I know conservative Twitter likes to make fun of me saying circle back, but let me circle back. And she then went to answer some questions. Like, it was that much in her head. It does not make sense on one level for the press secretary to be prepared that in a way that you would then you would ask for the questions first. It's why Kelly McEnany showed up with this binder the size of her. And Kelly McEnany's a small person. Maybe twice or so. It was a huge, huge thing. Surprised she didn't need a forklift to bring it into the, to the briefing room. And when somebody would ask a question, she would go to the tab and she would open it up so she had her information in front of her. I didn't ask her to have it all memorized. I'm not asking Jen Psaki to have it all memorized. Why would I ever ask such a thing? But it's very obvious that the press secretary doesn't get questions in advance and that anybody in the White House comms team who is asking for questions in advance is out of their head and should be fired. And it's no question that anybody in media who's willing to submit their questions ahead of time should not be considered a member of the media. I have done a lot of interviews. 
Not as much as many as others, right? I'm, I'm more interested in you and I having a conversation. I'm more interested in your phone call, right? 833-468-8669. I have been asked, what do you want to talk about? The subjects, okay. If I'm having you for a one-on-one and you want to know, sure. This is what I want to talk about. I can appreciate not wanting something out of left field on an intimate kind of uh, interview, but I have never said I'll only limit it to these things and I won't talk about anything else. I've done. I've never done that with the Secretary of State. I have never done that with the Vice President. I have interviewed President Trump. He just sat down in front of me and we started talking. I interviewed Ivanka Trump once. She was in uh, my beloved Indianapolis for something having to do with women's prisons. And they said, listen, happy to do the interview and talk about it. Because I was, I was curious on that subject. It was in my city. made perfect sense. And they said, we just don't want to talk about the impeachment. So this was the, you know, this was 2019. Yeah. And I said, yeah. Why? Because what in the world was Ivanka Trump going to tell me that I didn't already know? This was a conversation about prisons and prison reform and those kinds of things, which was an interesting subject. There's nothing she was going to tell me about impeachment that I didn't already know. It's why I actually never did an interview with Kelly McEnany and never tried, even when she was repping uh, the RNC. I did one interview with Kellyanne Conway. One. It, it did not go well. It didn't go bad, but it didn't go well. It's because every she's so ready for the fight that if, if if you're saying something she's gonna question, she doesn't know you, she thinks it's an attack. I didn't attack her. Mindless to, to say that. But but I also knew exactly what I was gonna get from from Kellyanne Conway. And so it wasn't for me. It's not it's not the thing that I'm interested in. But in all these cases, I am discussing a one-on-one intimate. Hey, sure, you want to do an interview? What do you want to talk about? I'll give you the basics. Okay, but I'm not talking about this. Well, then maybe I don't want to do an interview with you. Maybe I don't want to talk about that subject either, so it's fine by me. But I have never once been told, here's what you can ask in an interview. I've never once been told, hey, submit your questions in writing. I have submitted, here are the subjects that I have that I want to discuss. You know, hey, what do you think of this and what do you think of that? That's different than me putting the actual question in writing. And I can tell you that in almost every interview, I've asked questions they probably didn't want me to ask. But the White House press secretary? You're prepared for whatever comes your way. That's part of the job. That's why not everybody can do it. Not everybody can be White House press secretary. Not everybody is built for it. It's a difficult and thankless task that on a good day only mildly annoys and on a bad day gets you fired. It's thankless. I would do it for a week. Press secretary for a week just so I could write the book. That would be it. Or maybe two weeks, so therefore I have 14 chapters. That's it. All I could ever want. Submitting the questions in advance is madness. And yes, if Trump had done this, it's all you would hear about. Which is, of course, part of the story. 
that Trump never did any of that. That for all this talk about Trump attacking the press, this, that, and the other, there was no one more open and more willing. It was insane. The man was willing to talk anywhere, anytime about anything. Who is surprised by this? Who still doesn't know this? It's Biden who is in a bubble. It's Biden who is being so incredibly protected. It is Biden who does not share conversations. It's Biden. And it's his team. Now, Biden's got a whole bunch of other issues. Straits Time reporting that China's top diplomat has warned the United States not to cross the country's red line. This was a speech from a guy who is part of uh, the Politburo, the 25-member Politburo, the Communist Party. It was a video addressed to a New York-based U.S.-China group. The two sides stand at a key moment to rebuild ties and cooperate. To repair the damage caused by the misguided policies of former President Trump. We in China hope that the United States will rise above the outdated mentality of zero-sum major power rivalry and work with China to keep the relationship on the right track. And urges the U.S. to stop, quote, harassing Chinese students, restricting Chinese media outlets, shutting down Confucius Institutes, and suppressing Chinese companies. And that Hong Kong, Tibet, and Xinjiang were affairs where were the, those affairs were, quote, a red line that must not be crossed. So if I'm Joe Biden, um, I'm throwing Confucius Institutes off college campuses. I'm not allowing Chinese companies to operate in the United States. I don't necessarily restrict uh, Chinese media, but I don't allow their propaganda to come through. And I'm saying something about Hong Kong, Tibet, and the Uyghur Muslims of Xinjiang every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. They just laid out for you what you have to be talking about. They force Uyghur Muslims into labor camps. These are facts, and they engage in state-sponsored rape. They killed the Hong Kongers. They are destroying the Hong Kongers that they haven't killed. And we watched it happen. Specifically, cowards in the NBA who didn't want to talk about it for a couple of bucks. Confucius Institutes are put on college campuses to supposedly uh, help with multiculturalism and learn about Chinese culture. What they're there to do is prevent anybody from saying anything truthful about China. Communist regimes are evil. The Chinese Communist Party is evil. And no one should ever trust it ever, anytime, anywhere, and in any place. If you own a ZTE phone, throw it out now. Same with Huawei. And don't let them build out the 5G network because if they do, you will never get ahead and They will have all your data. Harassing Chinese students. You mean people who promote propaganda, promote communism? People who promote uh, communism should be uh, met face-to-face all the time. All communists are evil. All of them. There are no good communists. It doesn't exist. It's not real. History has proven it. History has proven it. Although capitalists, a lot of good capitalists exist, right? You want to line up the capitalists versus the communists and see who you'd rather have a beer with? Well, I would rather have a beer with the people who invent more ways to drink beer. 
See, if I have a beer with the communists, I have whatever it is that they allowed through some government agency, probably an IPA. And IPAs, as we all know, are crap. But if I sit with some capitalists, oh, I can have a porter, not just a porter, a vanilla porter. I can have an oatmeal stout, a milk stout, things that I love. I can have an amber or a lager. Dear Lord, someone may actually try and put some blood orange in my beer, which, by the way, is delicious. I can have it in a bottle. I can have it in a can. I can have it in a keg. It can have it in one of those party balls. There is no, and the Australians put it in a can the size of your head because they know you want to get rip-roaring blotto. The Australians came to play. I can have beer that comes from Detroit, or I can have beer that comes from New York, or I can have beer that comes from Indiana. There is never no end to the kind of beer that I can have, and I can buy it as a single, or I can buy it as a six-pack, or as a 12-pack. I can buy it in a case of 24, or I can go to a supermarket and pick and choose and put them in my own little holder, all the different beers that I want. And you want me to side with the communists? Bitch, please. Don't be getting crazy on my time. I'm too busy picking out beers. All sorts of fantastic beers. Stop harassing Chinese students. No one's harassing Chinese students. Shutting down communists. That's all good. That's all very, very good. By the way, it's being reported um, that there's... um, that Biden has advisors with deep ties to the Chinese Communist Party, uh, military and propaganda. Now, I cannot as of yet prove this. There are clearly situations and stories out there that we should be pushing back on aggressively. We should be taking note of. Like, for example, when China tries to threaten us with actually not noticing the evil that they're perpetrating. That doesn't make every story about the U.S. and China or Biden and China true. There's the difference. In the meantime, go get yourself a beer. We've got more to do. I'm Tony Katz. For those who don't know, producer Ari loves to soul cycle. What's that? He, he's, he's all about getting on the exercise bike, and he's got the, the people in front of him, and they're really working him. You know, he, he's a huge fan. He doesn't have a Peloton, but he would get one. <laughs> if I had the money. Right. But you just did get a, uh, you, have a you have a heavy bag now, right? I did. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than a uh, Peloton. I thought you were going to send me the link because I want to get a heavy bag. I am going to send you the link. I feel like you're just going to criticize me, though. Oh, that's a bad one. How would I know what's a bad heavy bag and what's a good heavy bag? Whatever I get, you're going to say is bad. That's, that is very possible. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This is the story of Stacey Griffith. This People are ridiculous. And people are ridiculous because what they do is they do something nuts and then they go about advertising it on social media like they're moral and good people. She's apologizing after posting herself getting the vaccine. She's 52. She's 52, and she isn't yet in in place to get a vaccine. Like, for example, in, in Indiana, it's now people who are 65 and older. She's in New York. She drove to Staten Island 
from wherever she was living. I don't know if she's the Bronx or Queens or or, or one of the one of the other bureau, bu- uh, bureaus, boroughs. She teaches Oprah. She has taught Kelly Ripa. She's famous in, in, in this world. And she says, vaccine day, step one of the Moderna magic, one hour drive to Staten Island, worth every minute. It takes a village. It takes a village. What are you even, what are you even talking about? And then she says, now I can teach SoulCycle with a little more faith that we're all going to be okay if, if, we, uh, if we get the vaccine. So there are teachers who can't get the vaccine. Of course, it's been a major story all across the country. Teachers want to be part of the groups that are quickly vaccinated before going back to work or feeling comfortable at work. And there's a fight. There's a conversation about whether or not you you, you vaccinate the teachers as a group before vaccinizing certain uh, age groups. She decided to say, oh, no, no, I'm an educator. I need to get vaccinated. Somebody called somebody, somebody knew something, everything else. And she got herself vaccinated. New York is prioritizing people older than 65, plus teachers, school staff, in-person college instruction, childcare workers, etc. She said, I'm an educator because I teach soul cycle. And she got herself in line and now she's apologizing, calling it a terrible error in judgment i want to apologize from the bottom of my heart for my recent action in receiving the vaccine if you had not posted it no one would have known people feel the need to post everything the less you say anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of public opinion That should be told to people every single day. But past that, it is low rent and low class to do this. It really is. I'm curious to see who's going to stick with her uh, as, as an instructor. Does she lose clients? Mark Cuban said when coronavirus started, and we were starting to see some of these effects, that brands will be judged on how they act during this and how they treat people during this. That was very true. I think it's 100% right. SoulCycle may take a hit. She, she may need a new job. Not cool. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. So yesterday we ended up talking about Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I said quite clearly, uh, she she ain't uh, she ain't my people. If if you, if you think that there are lasers paid for by the Jews starting uh, wildfires, we we can't be friends. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, eight three three got Tony eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. But I'm not going to simply just sit by while there's this, you have to do something about Marjorie Taylor Greene nonsense going on. Oh my gosh, she's so embarrassing. Oh my gosh, Republicans have to do something about this. Oh my gosh, Republicans have to denounce her. Eric Swalwell slept with a Chinese spy. And he's on the House Intelligence Committee and he's an impeachment manager. 
Forgive me if I pay attention. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm not going to be a part of this idea that we're only looking in one direction. I mean, I've been talking about Ocasio-Cortez, and I'll get back to that in a second. But Swalwell was having sex with a Chinese spy. Well, Tony, you don't know he was having sex. You're right. That's why we need an investigation. I am so willing to believe that Eric Swalwell is such a tool that he didn't even have sex with the Chinese spy. I will bet you cash money that she got the op- the, the information without giving up anything. He couldn't if you know what I mean. And I think that you do. Who who's who believes me? Who's with me? I mean, Produce, it's possible. Producer Ari's with me. Yeah, I don't think he can close. Eric Swalwell couldn't sleep with the spy who was there to shag him. But don't you think we should investigate? Don't you think we should know? You want me to only look at Marjorie Taylor Greene? The answer is no. Well, Tony, that's what aboutism. Oh, stop it. It's about a standard, kids. I'm not playing the game where I only look one way. And let's be clear, it seems like Representative Greene isn't a fan of mine. If you're putting out the theory that the Jews have lasers out in space, something tells me she's not coming to my bar mitzvah. Which is really sad because we're going to have a DJ and everything. When you're 83? No, my, my, we had a DJ at my bar mitzvah. It was pretty cool. You can have a second one at 83, though, so you could have another one. Why do you, what do you mean you can have a second one at 83? You don't know. I know something. Wow, Tony. What, what is this about 83? You can have a second bar mitzvah at 83 if you want. Why 83? Why 13? Well, 13 is, is, is how Judaism, how, how it plays. You know, the idea of being a man, taking on more responsibilities, things like that. So what's 83? I don't know. That's what the, my rabbi told me, though. So, so you never even asked or looked it up? I knew I was. I had to study so long for the first one. I wasn't about to do a second. Ah, you see, I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize that this came from something your rabbi once said, and therefore you hold it over. People are like, oh, you don't know about the 83 rule? <laughs> Pity. I'm assuming if you want to have another bar mitzvah, go right ahead. I think that you could blow. Are we talking about like the actual ritual or the party? Because uh, so I figure you could blow 20, 30 grand anytime you want. The Torah, uh, the normal lifespan in the Torah is 70 years. So you're 83 in your second lifetime. It's 13. <gasps> oh, the physical Torah. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Look at that. Um, I, I don't buy into any of the, uh, by the way, uh, bar mitzvah madness that we see uh, out there. Oh, it's, it's crazy, especially growing up on the East Coast. Those people were nuts. The size and the scope of the parties were not, not cool as, as I saw it. But no, Marjorie Taylor Greene is probably not my person, probably doesn't like me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be like, hey, you're out of your, you're out of your tree. I'm fine with that. We're not going to talk about other people and talk about how uh, maddening they are. Representative Hank Johnson of Georgia, once worried that if we had too many troops on Guam, it would capsize. I'm going to say that again, just in case somebody missed it. Hank Johnson, 
of Georgia once said that he was worried about too many... (laughs) Hold on, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. He was worried about too many troops on the island of Guam because the island may capsize. At its widest level is what, 12 miles from shore to shore, and at its smallest level, uh, or smallest uh, uh, location, it's uh, seven miles uh, between one shore and the other. Is that correct? I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. So 24 miles long, about seven miles wide at the least widest place on the island and about 20, about 12 miles wide uh, uh, on the widest part of the island. And um, I don't know how many square miles that that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. That happened. That happened in 2012, I believe it was. That happened in real time, in real life. There is nothing that Marjorie Taylor Greene has said, all right, maybe equally as crazy, but more crazy than that? Stop it. Stop it. Hank Johnson, uh, is, is he even still in Congress? I haven't checked. Let's check, shall we? Hank Johnson, Georgia. And if you ask, I use DuckDuckGo. Oh, look, he's still there representing the 4th District. What do you know about that? But Margie Taylor Greene is the problem. It's absolute, absolutely barbaric that we see people go down these roads. But it's equally problematic when you have people who won't admit that some people are a problem. Because some people are a problem. We shouldn't be ashamed to say so. It's not throwing anybody under the bus to say so. That is different than hearing, uh, for example, Mitch McConnell say, well, you know, uh, she's a problem right there. Mitch McConnell doesn't have to get involved. Mitch McConnell doesn't have to be a part of the insanity. Mitch McConnell should stay out of it. What's he doing? What's the win? What does he get out of playing this part in uh, the progressive shell game of trying to pretend that they're good and decent folk? 
Don't be a part of it. These people aren't good and decent people. And I'm not telling you that you shouldn't police your own. I'm saying do it because you want to do it, not because some people on the political left who dare think that they know goodness and decency tell you to do it. Because they don't know nothing. They don't know goodness, nor decency, nor anything else. Don't ever let them think for a second that they're in charge. They're not in charge of anything. They don't know goodness. It's a mistake Republicans make time and time and time again. Where the left says, well, why won't you handle this? Why won't you be decent about this? I got one guy banging or not banging spies. And, and then I've got another guy who's worried about capsizing islands. But I, I guess that's harmless. I guess it's harmless if a member of Congress is that daft that, you know, that's, that's the only thing he's worried about. You're, you're right. It's not the same at all or something. I'm Tony Katz. I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Turning to beer and the big game this weekend, NJ.com reports Miller Lite doesn't want you to see Michelob Ultra's ad during the big game February 7th. To keep you distracted, Miller Lite will give fans $8 to buy beer if they can correctly type in an 836-character URL while Michelob Ultra's ad airs during the big game. Apparently, Miller Lite wants people to miss the competition spot entirely. The first 5,000 people who successfully type the full URL can get a free Miller Lite six-pack February 7th in the form of an $8 payment over Venmo. For more information on all this, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Smoke. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform. Eat, drink, smoke. It is my hope that there is serious fallout from what Representative Ocasio-Cortez has done, and I agree that she gets outsized notice. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today is so good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, I hope you like the page. I appreciate you being a part of the show very much. Uh, she does get too much, we talk about her too often in American society. Carol Markowitz noted this in the New York Post, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. But as she put out this video about her experience during the Capitol riot, being afraid and being in fear for her life and being behind a, a, a bathroom door and worrying as somebody was screaming, where is she, where is she? Only to then discover that it was a Capitol Police officer looking for her to direct her where to go to be safe. Playing that like she was in fear for her life as opposed to maybe being rational about what's happening. Well, I don't tell her she couldn't have been afraid. I do question why she would then go into a screed basically throwing Capitol Police under the bus. Capitol Police have already been thrown under the bus, and there's a good question about why they weren't responding the way uh, most of us think they should have responded. And what happened with that leadership? But there were clearly people doing their jobs. 
and to throw uh, they came at me and they they seemed so angry and so and so upset maybe i was projecting but my 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 fellow one of my staffers said no and th i thought my staffer was going to have to get into a fight what are you doing what are you saying and then you discuss people like senator ted cruz who you accused of attempted murder and you let people know that you were a victim of sexual abuse, and when people uh, tell you to apologize to Senator Cruz or tell you to move past what happened on January 6th, that's the tactic of an abuser? So when I write an article, as I did this past week, posted it on Sunday, that you accused uh, the senator of attempted murder, it's disgusting, and why aren't we outraged? Well, I'm now engaging the tactics of an abuser? I do not discuss whether or not you were abused. I have zero comment to it. But the idea that you think I'm akin to an abuser is unacceptable. And I'll have no part of it. I dismiss you, boop, right out. What you said about Senator Cruz is gross. But where I'm also hoping there's fallout is for what Kamala Harris and the Biden team did to Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, by having an interview done in the state of West Virginia talking about the importance of green jobs. Now, we talked about this. She didn't know the difference between mine lands or mines lands and, and, and landmines. The people of West Virginia who work in the mines know this very well. This was done by the Biden administration to try and box Joe Manchin into a corner. You should pr provide more COVID relief and you should vote for this and vote for that. And, and there are good union green jobs out there and we'll get them to you and we'll get you the relief if only Joe Manchin will help us. They're pressuring Joe Manchin in West Virginia? That's nuts. You know who favors it? Stephen Colbert. Now, it's a nice gesture for Joe to meet with these folks, but Joe's clearly not playing around on this. Look what he just did to West Virginia Democratic Senator and funniest guy at the car dealership, Joe Manchin. Manchin has been dragging his feet on Biden's COVID relief deal. So without ever telling Manchin, Biden sent Kamala Harris to appear on local West Virginia news to say, you're working hard, you deserve this relief package, but Joe Manchin doesn't want to give it to you. Manchin wasn't happy about the executive branch nut punch. I saw it. I couldn't believe it. No one called me. We're going to try to find a bipartisan pathway for it. I think we need to, but we need to work together. That's not a way of working together, what was done. Yeah, he wants everyone to work together to make sure Americans get less COVID relief. That's why he's standing outside of Congress with that sign, we'll work for you getting no food. You're proud of Joe Biden? Are you insane? Are you so absolutely positively vicious and can't see past that, that anybody doesn't agree with you 100% is the enemy who should be destroyed? It's West Virginia. Kamala Harris can't win an argument in West Virginia against Joe Manchin. Are you nuts? Oh, Tony, is that a racial conversation? Is that a racial cup? It's Joe Manchin. Joe Biden can't win that conversation there is no democrat alive who can win that conversation it's joe manchin joe manchin has better name id in west virginia than joe manchin has better name id in west virginia than you have with your own family and all joe manchin has to do is say okay you want to be a tough guy i'm an independent
and West Virginia's gonna go along, and that's that. Mitch McConnell will run the Senate, and Joe Manchin will do what he does as people come to him and kiss the ring.